98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. Health officials have confirmed that two domestic helpers have caught a mutated strain of the coronavirus known as N501Y. A DNA specialist says authorities should consider limiting the number of people allowed to return to Hong Kong. And a respiratory medicine expert calls the government's proposal to reduce the quarantine period for fully vaccinated returnees dangerous. Health authorities have confirmed that two domestic helpers have caught a mutated strain of the coronavirus known as N501Y. The two women, aged 46 and 38, live in Cornhill in Quarry Bay and Royalton in Pokfulam. And the Centre for Health Protection says they'll be sending residents living in those apartment blocks to quarantine centres and any symptomatic residents will be sent to hospital. The CHP didn't say how many people would be sent to quarantine, but a total of 260 flats will be evacuated. Some residents in Cornhill say they're concerned about the possibility of COVID-19 transmitting in the neighbourhood. One woman said there are many supermarkets in Taiku and foreign domestic helpers out and about shopping for daily necessities make her scared. But others said they're not worried. We have done our best to avoid um, being infected and everybody is very careful in the area. Since this is a different building, then I don't have any concern. As long as we pay special attention on the hygiene, uh, then I think it's okay. Of course we are very concerned because this is the variant, but we need to just uh, take care of ourselves, maintain proper hygiene and that's all. A DNA specialist says Hong Kong could consider capping the number of people allowed to return to the city to prevent imported coronavirus cases. Dr Gilman Sue from the Department of Health Technology and Informatics at Polytechnic University said the situation in Hong Kong was critical with the discovery of more cases of highly infectious COVID variants. He also expressed concern about the impending travel bubble with Singapore due to start on May the 26th, saying cases in Asia were rising. So we set a limit for the numbers of how many people can return to Hong Kong because we got more and more imported cases. If we got more imported cases, that would be a challenge to the quarantine hotel. Actually, the quarantine hotel is not a hospital and the staff right inside is not the infection control officer. If any practice that violated the regulations, it's not surprising that the new variants will continue leaking into the community. A respiratory medicine specialist has cast doubt on the government's proposal to reduce the quarantine period for fully vaccinated residents flying back to Hong Kong. The Secretary for Health, Sophia Chan, said the government was considering whether to shorten the time from 21 to 14 or even seven days. Dr Leung Chi Chu called the proposal dangerous and lacking any scientific basis. If you look at the scientific data, there is nothing, I think, uh, from available data to show the vaccine is in a position to change the incubation period. And when we decide on the quarantine period, we mainly take into account the incubation period uh, so that we can cover uh, the whole incubation period to prevent uh, missing these cases. The government in Manila has encouraged Philippine boats to fish in a disputed area of the South China Sea in defiance of an annual fishing ban imposed by Beijing. State media says the fishing moratorium is part of Beijing's efforts to promote sustainable fisheries. The ban started on the 1st of May and runs until mid-August. President Biden says he wants to see at least 70% of Americans receive their first dose of COVID vaccine by Independence Day on 4th of July. He said the target was well within reach, despite the pace of the vaccination rollout having slowed. 
As we anticipated, the pace of the vaccination is slowing. Now the majority of American adults have already gotten their first shot. But we're still vaccinating millions of Americans every day. In the last 10 days, one out of every 10 adult Americans got a shot. The president also said thousands of sites were ready to administer shots to children between the ages of 12 and 15 when the regulator gives the go-ahead. The Brazilian former health minister, Luiz Mandetta, has told senators at a congressional inquiry that President Jair Bolsonaro had repeatedly ignored warnings that his anti-scientific response to the pandemic was putting tens of thousands of lives at risk. We expressly recommended the president change his stance following the recommendations of the health ministry, since the adoption of measures in the opposite direction might generate a collapse of the health system and very serious consequences for the health of the Brazilian population. Mr Mandetta said Mr Bolsonaro had listened to advisers playing down the virus who pushed the idea that Brazil could achieve herd immunity without shutting down its economy. The Mexican authorities have promised a full investigation into the collapse of a metro overpass which killed 24 people in Mexico City. Dozens of others were injured as train carriages plunged onto a busy road below. The mayor of the capital, Claudia Sheinbaum, said a specialist external company would be brought in to ensure transparency. President Andres Manuel López Obrador also promised a full investigation. No se va a ocultar absolutamente nada. Absolutely nothing will be hidden from the people of Mexico. They have to know the whole truth. Nothing will be hidden from them because we have to act responsibly as always. That's how we have done it in government. We do not lie, we do not steal, we do not betray. The overpass was built almost a decade ago. Local residents say the overpass had cracks in its structure, believed to have been caused by an earthquake four years ago. Foreign ministers from the G7 group of industrial nations have been meeting face-to-face -face for the first time in more than two years. The talks in London cover a wide range of topics from regional crises to ways of countering the growing influence of autocratic governments such as those in China and Russia. The US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, said the aim was to uphold the international rules-based order, a sentiment echoed by his British counterpart, Dominic Raab. We believe in keeping trade open. We believe in standing up for open societies, from human rights to democracy. We believe in safeguarding, promoting public goods, uh, whether it's the environment and tackling climate change, particularly with COP26 coming up in November, uh, but also dealing with pandemics and public health more generally. Regulators in France have carried out what they say is the world's first stress test of banks and insurance companies to assess their exposure to financial risk from climate change. The supervisory authority concluded that levels of exposure were moderate. Meanwhile, a respected climate think tank says recent promises by major nations to reduce emissions will, if implemented, slightly lower current projections for global warming. The BBC's Roger Harabin has more. Climate Action Tracker is a respected think tank based in Germany. Studying recent national promises, they project a temperature rise of 2.4 Celsius by the end of the century. That's 0.2 degrees less than their previous forecast. It's still far from the 1.5 Celsius mark overall that leaders have agreed to aim for. But it shows that for the first time, the world is within touching distance of a 2 Celsius rise. That's the previous weaker target. Mountaineers and authorities at Everest Base Camps in Nepal say they're seeing rising numbers of climbers with COVID-19 symptoms and positive tests. The officials said if the trend continued, there could be a serious outbreak. 
Here's the BBC's Naveen Singh Kaka. Officials at base camp told the BBC they had received reports of 17 cases and a private hospital in Kathmandu has confirmed that patients had tested positive for coronavirus on arrival from Everest. The government-authorised medical clinic at the base camp has no COVID testing facilities and a doctor working there has said the number of people with COVID-like symptoms is on the rise. The government has issued around 400 climbing permits for Everest this season and they will be supported by more than 1,200 staff, including from the Sherpa community. The white former Minneapolis police officer convicted last month of the murder of the black man George Floyd has requested a new trial. Derek Chauvin was found guilty of second and third degree murder and manslaughter, but has not yet been sentenced. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. Derek Chauvin's lawyer says his client was deprived of a fair trial. In court documents, Eric Nelson argues that the process was not impartial because of pre-trial publicity. He writes that it was so pervasive and so prejudicial before and during the trial that it amounted to a structural defect in the proceedings. The motion also alleges that errors were made by the judge and that there was prosecutorial misconduct and witness intimidation. The rare verdict against a police officer was considered a milestone in the racial history of the United States and was widely applauded by Americans. In Spain, the centre-right People's Party is projected to have more than doubled its number of seats in elections to the Madrid Regional Assembly. The party, led by Isabel Diaz Ayuso, is on course to pick up some 43% of the vote. The BBC's Guy Hedgeco explains. Isabel Diaz Ayuso's campaign slogan has been the single word freedom, under which she has defended her relatively relaxed handling of the pandemic, which has seen bars and restaurants remain open in the Madrid region in recent months. Exit polls showed she has doubled her party's representation in the Madrid Assembly. However, they also suggested she might fall short of a majority and could need the support of the far-right Vox party in order to govern. It has been a rancorous campaign, marred by some episodes of violence and a spate of death threats sent to several candidates. A court in Egypt has ruled that the massive container vessel that blocked the Suez Canal in March will continue to be held as the dispute continues over compensation. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Usher. The grounding of the Ever Given for six days in March captured the world's attention, but the story is far from over. The Suez Canal Authority is seeking almost $1 billion in compensation from the Japanese owner of the vessel. The ship is currently impounded in a lake between two stretches of the canal. An appeal by the owner for the vessel to be released has been rejected for now. The Canal Authority has yet to publish the findings of its investigation into the cause of the incident. An irate Belgian farmer has sliced a sliver of territory off the map of France after moving a border marker stone which was apparently blocking the path of his tractor. The BBC's Nick Beak has the story. It may well have been one of history's more subtle land grabs, but it certainly didn't escape the eye of one astonished local who was enjoying a stroll in the forest. Belgium had annexed part of France. A border shifted by a mere two metres, but with potentially seismic geopolitical consequences. However, it seems this was not a conscious effort to reshape an international boundary drawn up after Napoleon's defeat at Waterloo, but an unnamed farmer's desire to expand his field. The neighbouring French village may have seen the funny side, but the farmer has not yet apologised, and the stone is yet to be replaced. 
Finance news now. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,550. That's five points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $54 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.28 yen. The euro is standing at one US dollar and 20 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 80 cents. To sport, where Manchester City have reached the Champions League final for the first time in their history. Riyad Mahrez scored both goals on the night in a 2-0 win over Paris Saint-Germain. City progressed 4-1 on aggregate and will face either Chelsea or Real Madrid in the final in Istanbul. The BBC's John Murray has more from the Etihad Stadium. Manchester City put their years of Champions League suffering behind them as they reached their first final with a goal in each half from the Paris-born Riyad Mahrez. In an eventful, incident-packed match, City opened the scoring in the 11th minute after an excellent move started by goalkeeper Edison and involving Zinchenko and De Bruyne. And Mahrez's second, his third of the tie, was swept in after De Bruyne and Foden combined to set it up. Di Maria lost his cool and was sent off for kicking out at Fernandinho. PSG certainly missed their injured top scorer, Kylian Mbappe. But make no mistake, Manchester City went out and earned their right to a place in their first European final for 51 years. City boss Pep Guardiola says reaching the Champions League final is a massive achievement for his side. What we have done these four years is incredible in terms of the Premier Leagues and the Carabao Cups and the Cups and every competition played. In reaching the final helps to understand what we have done. Reach this competition in the finals is so difficult. It's, it's, it's the toughest one, the quality of the opponents, the, the composer that you have to have to, to suffer the, 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 the toughest moments. And we did it. So we make an incredible Champions League uh, season. And now we deserve to be there. We're going to play the final. City will find out their opponents tonight when Chelsea hosts Real Madrid with a score at 1-1 from the first leg in Spain. Real captain Sergio Ramos is fit for the second leg. He hasn't played since picking up a calf injury in March. Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel says that will be a huge boost for the opposition. It's the captain of the most successful uh, team in Europe in the last year, so yeah, it changes. It changes a lot, but uh, we cannot get, uh, we cannot lose our heads about about this decision. Um, I think that he will start. We will prepare for that, and uh, we have to make sure that he cannot do it alone. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Health officials have confirmed that two domestic helpers have caught a mutated strain of the coronavirus known as N501Y. A DNA specialist says authorities should consider limiting the number of people allowed to return to Hong Kong. And a respiratory medicine expert calls the government's proposal to reduce the quarantine period for fully vaccinated returnees dangerous. The news from RTHK.
important anymore I realize You're at the core of what I need If we've only got one parachute If we've only got one parachute You know I'll give it to you Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday the 5th of May is today's date. Thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew today and we have a busy program for you. We're going to start today's show by hearing about Our Foreseeable World, which is a student-led film about climate change. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be chatting with Katia Shek, along with Katia is the writer and the director along with Ewan Windebank. Now he's the director of photography and editor and they'll be joining us in the studio just after half past one and we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook Live this afternoon so feel free to join us there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 and after the 2.30 news Cruzanne McCalligan joins us once again for our midweek audio column and this week Cruz will be talking about picnics, this timeless tradition of packing 